Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. This episode you're about to listen to is part of our significant four podcast series on navigating difficult conversations. And today we're talking about how to give feedback confidently. For many of us, just the idea of giving feedback, it weighs on us. We anticipate a difficult conversation or conflict. In fact, not surprisingly, a survey published in the Harvard Business Review found that one out of every two managers hates giving feedback. Well, if you can relate, this episode is going to help. And our guest is Nancy Shapiro, and she shares her insights as a leader and as someone who also works in employment law. We have a great discussion on why giving feedback matters, because it's about growth, success, self-actualization. And after listening to this episode, you will hopefully feel more comfortable and confident to be able to give that feedback and therefore taking the pressure off of it from being a difficult conversation. And now you could turn it into a dialogue. Our guest, Nancy Shapiro, is a partner at the law firm of Kosky Minsky in Toronto. Nancy, in fact, is ranked as one of the top 500 lawyers in Canada and also recognized as a leading practitioner in employment law, both for employer and employee side work. Nancy is also a frequent speaker at industry conferences and an author of many employment-related articles. Let's meet Nancy now. Nancy Shapiro, it is great to have you on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for having me today, Joel. I'm happy to be here. We are talking about probably, for a lot of people, this is one of the most difficult conversations, is about giving feedback. Uh, you've got, and I know you've got some great ideas and you've figured out some, some ways on dealing with this. I look forward to hearing that. But let's start with a positive uh, idea about leadership because leadership also is, is a bit ambiguous. And how did you figure out for yourself what good leadership was going to look like as you stepped into that role? Well, you grow slowly in the legal profession, and so you have a lot of time to consider how you're going to develop as a leader when you're a young lawyer starting off. And one of the first things that I observed when I joined Law Firm Life was how the assistant group responded differently to different lawyers and the way they treated them. Mm -hmm. And I realized the assistants are a very key part of your success because they're the ones who get your work done or don't get your work done and get it done really well or are a bit of a mess and will jump to help you out when you're in a pinch. So it's important to have their support. Very, very important. So I saw that the people who were ahead of me, if you will, in the law firm, who treated the assistants in a very respectful way as if they were equals, supporting them, always polite um, would have greater success in getting assistance to support their practice than those who were demeaning in their tone and didn't uh, clearly respect the people and they were impolite, abrupt, that kind of thing. Those people also sometimes got complaints against them filed with human resources. So right. I saw right away, well, I really need these people to help me and support my growth as a lawyer. And so I'm going to choose the path of being, you know, the polite mm -hmm respectful person who's going to, you know, ask them about their day and always ask them if please may they do something for me. Can they help out and um, ensure that you are uh, aware of their life and how things are going. And that made a big impact to my success at the at the law firm and getting support from 
uh, from staff to help me, which then as you grow as a lawyer becomes important to inspiring the lawyers who work right. for you and the whole team and the whole department and then the whole firm. And so that's just, that's, I think the foundational concept that I took from, you know, being a baby lawyer through to where mm -hmm. I am now. It's, it's a ripple effect that you have within a, the culture. And I love this. It's about being nice, polite, uh, respect. You know, I, I hear that a lot. So, and then it becomes, that respect becomes reciprocal. Uh, if you respect them by please and thank yous and uh, looking at them as individuals versus looking at them as you know, doing this task. Absolutely. They yeah, they start to feel more safe and more comfortable and willing to do what is needed to be done without... And then you when have you have a lot of work to do and you need yeah. people to help you out, people will actually volunteer and you don't even have to go seeking people out. I have so many people who will just be jumping in to assist all the time because they like me, they like working as part of the team and they're, you know, always there pushing my work out and I never have trouble getting work done and I never have trouble um, getting the group to pull together and get things out the door when they need to. It's so simple what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I guess that those lawyers above you at the time when you were the baby lawyer who were coming across, let's say, a, a bit more self-involved, uh, not realizing that, you know, maybe their story was they were very focused on themselves or they had a whole story going on. But just taking that beat what you're saying, which is to be more outward, who are the people I'm dealing with? I'm, you know, making a decision to be nice, polite, respectful, it comes back and it has an effect on the culture, making your your job a lot easier and making everyone feel more efficient, more productive, more happier. I really believe that. Yeah, that's great. Well, this is a good segue then to go into. So now everybody's good. We're happy. Uh, this is, uh, I feel respected. And now comes the, the moment where you have to go, um, <clears throat> can I give you some feedback? Uh, we need to talk. <laughs> now comes that difficult moment for a lot of people they struggle with. I have to give you some feedback. So let's talk about what, what you figured out with that, with that and, and how you have felt more confident to do that. So, Joel, I think this is where my uh, work as an employment lawyer was critical to learning mm. to give feedback. So all lawyers have to give feedback a little bit to at least, you know, the assistant that works with them. But I had many years as head of our litigation department. And then I had to give feedback to associates, not only associates who worked for me, but on behalf of all the partners in our department and sometimes associates who didn't work with me at all. Mm. Um, and then I drew on my knowledge as an employment lawyer to know how important feedback is, because if you want to um, ever consider uh, terminating someone, you want to have given them feedback about performance where performance has been an issue. People shouldn't feel sideswiped when they're suddenly let go because they're not meeting your expectations. Right. It's not fair beyond, <laughs> beyond anything else. So forget legalities, forget if we're terminating with or without cause. It's simply not fair. And there are some yeah. court decisions about probationary employees, even in the need to give feedback during the probationary period. So feedback is a critical part of someone's work with you and their employment for you, or, you know, if they're an intern or whatever, their future success, they're deserving of feedback. And so skirting the difficult conversations, it's not helpful to you and mm. it's not helpful to them. So if you're having issues with a staff member, you obviously want them to improve. And the only way they're going to improve is if you give them really clear feedback 
Right. Most people can't give feedback unless they give it really close to the event because they forget. We are all human. And unless mm -hmm. it was something really critical that this person did wrong, you should just give the feedback right away. So if this is not, you know, an annual performance review situation, I, I think immediate feedback on jobs that are being done is really important and critical to getting someone to do a better job next time. So for their own improvement and therefore for your benefit, because how are you going to have the job done properly next time if you don't tell them what they have done wrong or what they need to do to improve? So, so you timeliness, timeliness of that yeah. feedback. Mm -hmm. But you need to give it clearly in an understandable way. So telling people nebulous things is not helpful because they can never change without clear, uh, clear examples of what's happened that have, you know, that you want them to do differently next time. So it's critical that you give that feedback and you really have to, you just have to bite the bullet, Joel. You just mm -hmm. have to sit down and have the uncomfortable conversation. It's hard for you. It's hard right. for them but you are never going to get them to improve and then be able to decide if you're going to keep them on as part of the team or not, unless you give them the feedback. And then they have an opportunity to either do better or they're still not meeting your expectations. And you're going to then have to let them go, which is an even more difficult conversation than it is to give negative feedback. So, you know, you can't be the person who has an underperforming team member for 20 years just because you don't want to tell them that they're not doing a good job and you're too scared to fire them. You absolutely have to, when you're doing any management, you yeah. have to give that, uh, you have to take that on as part of your duties as an employer. You've got to be doing it. Your empl employer or team leader or manager or whatever you are as part of that, um, that enterprise, right? Mm -hmm. You have to own it and you have to own your responsibility. And you should give that feedback really, obviously, going back to what we said before, respectfully, Right. politely, um, in a clear and understandable way. Um, so that's, I, I think, really important. And then the lawyer in me again says, and you should document it. You should take notes about the feedback that you have given and you should put it in the person's file because you may want a record of that feedback at some point right. in the future. My jaw is open because it's dropped because so much good stuff here, Nancy. Um, what I like here is a, a few things. One is the same effort it takes to be kind and respect and courteous and making that conscious effort to do that is the same reason we should also make a conscious effort to give feedback because it's it's about the same thing. It's It's not about you. It's about the other person. It's about the team. It's about the organization. It's about growth. So it's that same conscious effort. If the feedback is not timely, whether it be uh, that you know, you're trying to give them feedback because to make them realize that this is not the job for them, uh, or you're trying to give them feedback in a way to help them grow, uh, if it's not timely, then they are going to feel sideswiped because if you give this feedback a week later, they're going to go, what? what's Nancy talking about? What? Yeah. They don't remember the event. And, and then also, I guess you as a leader, you would be holding on to this and you don't have all this sort of unconscious frustration and, and uh, pent up towards that person uh, because, and you haven't expressed it. It's your, it's all your fault, basically. Right. There's a place for the annual review for sure, but that shouldn't mm -hmm. replace that constant feedback that you owe as a leader to right. your team, to inspire them, to get the most out of them, to um, do your job the best you possibly can. 
Now, the second part of this is, Nancy, is uh, you've figured out that one size doesn't fit all when it comes to feedback. Because that's the thing. It's like, sure, I agree we have to give feedback. It has to be timely. But here's the second part to that, which is is that it's not one size fits all. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. You have to read your team and you have to understand the people you're working with and the different personalities. And they'll be the very sensitive people And they'll be the people who are tough as nails and can take any negative feedback and just take it on board and work to fix it. And they'll be the other people who will almost be leaving in tears. So Mm. you really have to read the room, as you would say, which is something I've learned over the years. (laughs) Read the room on feedback the same as you would Mm -hmm. in everything else you're doing with your team. So when the pandemic hit, um, I think thought it would be incredibly important to stay connected with the people that were on my team, including Mm -hmm. those I don't necessarily deal with every day because there are people in my group who just are work simply never overlaps. So I uh, decided I would do calls with each of the um, associates. And there are people who were, I would say, the people who are very social who love to talk mm-hmm. about their lives, who really right. love to enjoy a glass of wine. And those are the people who we had like four or five o'clock drinks on a Thursday or Friday afternoon. Then there'd be the people who clearly didn't want any booze ever for sure and would right. really prefer it earlier in the day. And we had morning coffee. And then there'd mm. be the people who don't want to talk about their personal lives at all but you still just want to touch base with them to make sure everything's going okay, at least work-wise, and give them the opportunity to voice any concerns. And so for them, it was just business calls, where we would simply have a call, not even a Zoom, but just a call to say, hey, how's work going? Everything okay? Anything you need help with? Anything you want to talk about? And a touch base. So reading the room in that sort of uh, leadership sense carries through Mm -hmm. to then how you give feedback and the way that different people will receive the feedback and the tone in which you can deliver the feedback and whether, you know, you're using that sandwich method of the, the good feedback, Mm -hmm. the bad feedback, the good feedback, or if you can just come right out with the one bad thing or save the bad thing to the end or whatever you're doing. And that's where I think you have to be reading the room and decide how you're going to give that negative feedback because some people will need that little sandwich method that everybody talks Mm -hmm. about where you sandwich the negative feedback between positive feedback and other people don't need that at all. You don't even need to consider that. And, and the, the, the sandwich you're speaking of, it sounds like, for example, the, 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 the more social person. So for them, it might be, I have some feedback to share with you, uh, but that sandwich doesn't necessarily that they need something positive. It could be simply that they need uh, to talk about the weekend, to talk about their family, to talk about cross-country skiing. Right. Uh, they, they need to have rapport first before we get into, into the business. It makes them feel safe. That's right. Absolutely. You're right. That's that's a perfect way to say it. It makes them feel safe. Everybody sort of has their their way of feeling safe when receiving uh, when receiving feedback. Absolutely. And, and then, like you said, the person who doesn't want to come on to the Zoom just wants a, a direct a phone call and, you know, give it to me straight. I have three minutes. Tell me right now what it is I need to approve on. Got it. Uh, and that's no sandwich just because that's how they felt respected. Right. That's right. If you, you don't sugarcoat. Don't sugarcoat. Just tell it like it is. Just give it to me straight and we move on. 
and and I think this is this is the really important thing is that uh, you know we call it social styles. You know, people maybe someone's analytical, maybe someone's more uh, assertive, maybe someone is more rapport building. Is how are they going to receive this feedback so they'll be able to implement it? And that's the most important thing about uh, making it uh, easy and digestible. And I think I guess would give you confidence, Nancy, because you have an idea of how you want to approach this, knowing how they are going to receive it based on their personality style. Based on their personality style and based on what you want to achieve as their boss, manager, mentor, whoever you are giving this feedback, right? So this, I think, Mm -hmm. then boils back to, do you want them to improve? Do you think they can improve? Do you want to suggest methods in which they can improve this? Do you want to suggest that this is not the right role for them and they should be, you know, actually looking for a different role in the company or a different company entirely or a different industry? You know, what is the message that you want to deliver? Because this goes back to to clarity and knowing what you're trying to achieve. I think usually, and the vast majority Mm -hmm. of feedback meetings really are about just helping the person grow in the company and improve right. and be successful. That's what they should be anyway, but there will be the other ones. And if you're having something that is other than that, you don't want to give the wrong kind of message in a meeting to lead the person in the wrong direction either. You know, you want right. to be clear about how things are going. And if someone is doing really poorly and is not going to be there long term, I think you need to deliver that feedback clearly as well. You need to be truthful and and as they say, it's a bit of a buzzword right now, but you know, transparent, transparent. About, about the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um this is also really good. We're gonna we're gonna take a break in a second, but what I'm getting from this, uh, Nancy, and this is a good reminder for us is the feedback is not about trying to change a person. It's not task it's about the intention. So the intention being about this is about the person's growth. This is about helping them feel more successful, maybe more efficient, more productive. Or this is also the intention could be about uh, helping them uh, understand that this is not the role for them. Yes. Yeah. Really good stuff. We're going to uh, take a break. When we come back from this break, Nancy, we're, if you're ready, we're going to talk about your failure tada moment. Okay. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold. As the president of the Great Canadian Training Consulting Company, I want to thank you for listening and let you know that we're listening to you as well. Thanks to your feedback, we've arranged this four-part series on dealing with difficult conversations. Our Navigating Difficult Conversations series is a part of our belief at Great Canadian Training that learning to be better communicators is an important trait in the workplace. As a listener to the podcast, we've prepared a special package offer just for you. Go to greatcanadiantraining.ca slash promo. There you can sign up for one of our upcoming Conflict Be Gone, Navigating Difficult Conversations, public classes, and receive a free 30-minute one-on-one coaching session with Joel to focus on your specific needs. Our Conflict Be Gone, Navigating Difficult Conversations course helps you take a confident approach to conversations by understanding how emotional triggers affect behavior and learn techniques that encourage collaboration and build trust. And while you're on the site, make sure to check out our other courses, free resources, free webinars, and everything else we provide on topics covering both software and soft skills. But now I better let you get back to the interview. Enjoy. We're now in our segment that we like to call our failure ta-da moment. Uh, so, Nancy, this is our part of the show where we get you to share a what felt like a failure at the time, uh, but really was actually a learning moment. So it goes from ta-da to aha. 
do you have do you have that moment for us? Do you have something that you feel comfortable sharing? I I do, Joel. I mean, we all have to learn from our mistakes over the years. This is going back to when I was a junior partner at the firm, and there was an associate who was in our group, and the person decided to go to the managing partner and give some feedback about me and my management style that she found to be okay. abrasive. And the feedback I was giving her, she found to be harsh and harassing. And so, you know, that's not a welcome feedback on your leadership style to receive, certainly. And I had to take that on board. And there were a couple of things I learned from that. Firstly, I, it reminded me I should take better notes from my meetings because <laughs> she had examples of meetings and I hadn't made notes in them. Um, but right. and, and that's the employment lawyer thing again speaking. But it also right. taught me that I should be more attuned to the styles of the people on the team when giving mm. feedback, as we were talking about before, Joel, and being sure that I was delivering feedback in a really um, clear, polite way based on the person who was receiving the feedback and the style in which they right. needed to receive it. So I'm happy to say I haven't had any other complaints <laughs> about me yeah. before or since. Um, and uh, the rest of the team seems to be going very fine. And But it certainly was a learning moment. And um, I wasn't happy in that meeting. And I'm sure we've all had difficult mm -hmm. meetings over the years. And that was probably a difficult, one of the most difficult ones for me. Definitely very uncomfortable to be in that situation. But as you say, like that was that was a few years ago now and you can look back on it and that's helped you be better as a leader and, and, and really helped you fine tune how you're going to give feedback. And as you said, adapting to the person and, and maybe not assuming that this is landing in the way that it should be landing. Absolutely. Nancy. Chockful episode here about giving feedback confidently, so clear. As you talk about giving feedback with clarity, this is so clear now about what we can do in those difficult moments, difficult conversations, how to give feedback so that it is about the person's growth. Uh, if our listeners have any questions or want to reach out to you, how can we connect with Nancy Shapiro? So the best would be through email, um, which is nshapiro at kmlaw.ca. If you just Google Nancy Shapiro, I'm at Koski Metsky, you will find my webpage and my contact information is right there. And I'd uh, welcome any, uh, any questions from anybody. Thank you so much for your time. So good to have you a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, Nancy. Joel, thanks so much for having me today. It was a pleasure talking with you. And now it's time for our three stars, No Trois Etoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. Number three. Set up great leadership. Be nice, polite, and respectful. And this has an effect on the people and the culture of your organization. So when you're going to have to deliver that effective feedback, you've already built some trust around the intention of your feedback. Number two, timeliness. If you want your feedback to grow, to inspire, to help the people feel successful, it is critical that it happens in a timely fashion and that it's clear so as Nancy said in this podcast, they don't feel sideswiped. Number one, one size doesn't fit all. Whether it's giving feedback or a difficult conversation, understand that everybody has a different way of receiving the communication to understand what you're trying to say. So if someone needs rapport first, then you don't want to be direct and vice versa. So what's the next step? 
Well, if you're not sure where you can apply these three stars in work or in life, try this in the next few days. Confidence. Confidence comes from the intention. So if you are focused, for example, on the person's growth or on their success or how to do something better and your commitment to that, it's about what they can learn. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompuEase. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you and we will see you next episode.